She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new season, a brand new episode and a brand new year of She Loves Herself, the podcast. We are on season 10 of She Loves Herself, the podcast. And we are also in a brand new year. So this season, if you are listening to this live or listening to it back, we have the first episode of season 10 in February. And I don't know about anyone else, but we finished up the last season at the end of November last year, 2023. And I feel like I've lived five lifetimes since then. I feel like January has been the longest month. So I'm hoping that someone's listening to this and resonating with me. I feel like so much happened in January 2024 and I'm really excited to dive into this because I have a lot I want to say and a lot I want to share and a lot I want to support you with so I'm really excited about the Monday Love Punches which are going to kick off this Monday and as you know if you are an avid listener to the podcast these episodes are short they're around 10 to 15 minutes Um, And actually, they are the most popular episodes, probably because they're quite short, but also they give you what you need and it's a great way to start your week. And as always, on a Friday, I'm joined by an epic guest and I'm really excited about the guests that I have on this season because they add so much value um, to the podcast and to the listener. And so before we even get into what's to come, I want to talk about who we have on for our first guest of season 10 in 2024. And today I am joined by the absolutely incredible Kate Roham. Now, for those of you who don't know who Kate Roham is, I'm surprised because Kate Roham is everywhere just now. And I had the absolute pleasure of getting her on the podcast on the 28th of December. So we recorded this just at the end of last year and it was the day that her book was published. So she has just published her book, Owning Your Menopause, Fitter, Calmer, Stronger in 30 Days. And can I just say, it's an amazing book and it is so digestible and there's exercises that you can do in real time. There's things in there around food, food, diet, lifestyle. And it's a real eye-opener because what I love about this amongst many things is that it's not just about going to the doctor and taking medication and intervention. Yes, there is a time when we need to do this and I am absolutely in support of that when we need it. But what Kate really shares in here is that she believed HRT was going to be the magic fix for her and it wasn't. And so she went down a real journey of self-discovery and understanding herself more and understanding her lifestyle. And she has managed to not only help herself, but actually worked with so many women across the globe to help them as well. And as I said, Kate is everywhere just now. I turn on the news, I see her on the news. She's everywhere on social media and other people's platforms right now. She's working with a lot of celebrities. Um, And I just love this. I love it. And um, I can't wait for you to hear this episode. We really get into it. And so ladies, I don't know about you, but I turned 44 this month and I'm starting to notice changes 
So support and help that I can get with that, then I am all for it. And as always, ladies, take what resonates and leave the rest, but go into this with an open mind. Um, we can be our own best healers and I am here for it always. And guys, if you're listening to this too, it's such a great one to be able to support your partners, your mom, your sister, whoever it may be with. Um, because I think as a male, you know, sometimes it's tricky for you guys to know how to support your partners or a woman in your life that's maybe navigating this change. So I really hope that you guys get something from this as well. As always, as I said, take what resonates, leave the rest, um, have a gorgeous weekend and don't forget to show us your love, show us your support. I'm going to drop all of Kate's links in the show notes. Go give her her follow, go get her book. Um, and don't forget just to take a moment to give us a you know, a five-star review, leave a review. It always helps. We put so much into this podcast. Um, for me, I put my heart and soul into it as well as my time, especially when I'm spinning lots of plates right now. But I love this podcast and I love that it can reach and support so many of you. So yeah, guys, have a gorgeous weekend and I will see you all on Monday for a brand new Monday Love Punch. She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie. So welcome to She Loves Herself, the podcast, Kate Roham. Hello, hi, thank you for having me. Oh, Kate, I am absolutely buzzing. I'm buzzing for many, many reasons because there's so many things I want to dive into with you um, and all of the wisdom that you have and that you're hopefully able to, to, to share with us on this episode. But also because today's a really, really special day. It's the, we're recording this on the 28th of December and your book has just been published and is now available today to yes, buy. It is. It is actually, it, you can now buy rather than having to say pre-order. Uh, you can go click, go to Amazon, buy it, Owning a Menopause, Fitter, Calm and Stronger. Um, it also is available, um, weirdly, lots of people in Australia and New Zealand have been asking. Um, it is available there, it's available worldwide. So um, so go get it. It is the book to have for 2024. It is, it is. And it couldn't have come at a better time from a personal level. There's definitely some changes happening with me and also my girlfriends and everyone that I'm sort of connecting with right now is talking about perimenopause and the symptoms and how do we know if it's that or or is it just mood or do you know so there's there's so much coming up here and I love that your book I love it it's like you know it's so concise and it's like fitter calmer stronger in 30 days and I think because people we know that it's not like a quick fix thing right but also people want to know like they want to see that and they want to feel like I can start to feel better within 30 days. Like when I look at that, I think it gives so many people, so many women hope that actually this isn't something that I need to suffer with for years and years. I can actually start implementing changes and start to feel the benefits within as little as 30 days, right? Yeah, totally, totally. And that was kind of, that was sort of the, the reason behind it all was uh, like when we go through menopause, um, it is, you know, potentially anywhere from four to 14 years. You, you know, everyone has their own individual uh, perimenopause journey and it's really, really unique to them. And it's never linear. 
And that was kind of the idea behind it, that actually if we can get hold of how we nourish our body, how we move our body and all of the bits sort of around it, then when you've got this roller coaster of hormones kind of crashing and waving behind, you know that you are doing your best and you're optimizing your well-being with that kind of steady, steadily going along in the background. And that actually within 30 days, you can make huge, significant changes. And the thing about the book and what I do um, is that I hope that people can see how achievable it is and how sustainable it is, because I think often, um, you know, we we think that we've just suddenly hit perimenopause and the weight gain has happened, um, but it hasn't. It's been happening over time. But, you know, the, the changes and the symptoms can be quite subtle. And then yeah. suddenly when they do hit you, um, you know, you may have had one or two and then suddenly you've got five. And it's then you you realize. And actually, if we can just step you know, back a little bit. And actually, you know, this book is suitable for women from the age of 30, 35, because the sooner you take control of your hormone and your overall health and well-being, you know, the easier hopefully that journey becomes. And and that's what I want for, for, for generations is for them not to uh, fall into these pitfalls that I think many of us have. Oh, I got goosebumps when you said that. And that's when I know it's really hitting me because... I really resonate with so much of what you're saying and so much of the work I do is that the generations that come after us don't need to suffer the way we have or just accept that's just the way it is. And I think there is still so much um, embarrassment for so many women around it like and and, and confusion and, the, and they don't really understand what is happening. And there's so much of even just what you shared there around things happening and it can happen in your 30s and I remember personally starting to get like really heavy night sweats in my 30s and just just accepting it just being like all right well well it's just like hormones and you know as you said that I thought I wonder if even that was just the subtle changes like and I'm not talking just like hot I'm talking like soaking like having to like strip off like soaking my chest like literally puddles of of sweat like it was so bad and I still get it um but again just thinking oh well it's not that I'm too young or, or other things like um you know confusion or just like brain fog and being like oh well it's not that because doctor says I'm too young and I don't have that until I'm in my fifties and I'm sort of only 40. So well, it can't be that. And I think a lot of the time we just take what doctors and this isn't not to, to speak badly of GPs because they, they, you know, they've, they've not always got an easy, easy job and they're, they're not always educated themselves on menopause. I don't believe, but I think sometimes as a culture, we just accept a lot of the time what, doctors tell us yeah, well doctors yeah. said it's not that so it's not that and so then we suffer in silence because then more things happen to so many people and it's like oh god you know well there's this other thing now and you know I don't I don't feel confident anymore and so there's so much there and I really want to dive into some stuff with you but do you know what's really coming up is because you and I connected when we first met at happy yeah. place yeah. right yeah. we were sitting next to each but other that was a journey <laughs> that was a journey <laughs> and um, and it was so good, and I'm so glad that we connected. And I started following you, and um, I was so 
I'm so drawn to you because, you know, we're of a similar age and I, I love what you do and I love what you represent. But I want to talk to you because I, when I was reading more about you before you came on the pod, um, you started to really get into this work later on. This wasn't something that you had done from sort of a, a really young age, you know, the fitness and the well-being and all of that. Um, so I want to just ask you about the beginning of your journey. What 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 were you doing before you were doing this and what happened that took you on this journey? Yeah, gosh. OK, so. I mean, I, you know, I could sit here all day and tell you, but to cut a long, a long story short, uh, I actually used to work in film and TV and I did locations and then I had a family. Um, I had a business. I had to sell it because it was just too much. Uh, we moved abroad and I couldn't work when we were abroad. Um, and then that was that. And then we came back to the UK. Um, I wanted to work again. I, I'm one of those people that gets sort of slightly itchy feet. I like to be busy. I like to do things. Um, and um, we also were trying for baby number three at the time. So I must have been 37. Um, and I say sadly, but it's not sad because now I've got Rupert, but I actually had four miscarriages before I had Rupert. And again, I often sort of perhaps pinpoint that too maybe that was my body, maybe it was, you know, we know that from the age of 35, our, you know, the, the hormone fluctuations can can happen. Um, our eggs have significantly decreased, not only in number, but also in quality. Um, and um, yeah, you know, interesting enough, when I did finally get pregnant with Rupert, after we'd given up, I was called a, a geriatric mother, you know, wow. I was only 39. So I think the kind of the medical profession have sort of you know cover that bit um anyway then I had Rupert and I have always liked movement um but I've always used it for an aesthetic benefit so always to control my weight um I've had disordered eating um and I felt that after all my miscarriages and having had Rupert that the weight had crept on um but I was obviously um I had him he was born with a rare genetic lung condition which we didn't know at the time um so he was actually in hospital for, for a month I was with him in hospital um and came out and then I wanted to start moving again um but he was quite a poorly baby so it was quite difficult it was difficult managing kids at home to move to exercise we live in the middle of nowhere um and so I started doing Joe Wicks's workouts online this was when he was not the body coach he was just Joe Wicks and I did them on YouTube and it was great because I was moving and it was easy and it was accessible but I just felt and as much as I love him and I credit him for for much of my journey um he didn't resonate with a, um, a mum who was tired who was busy who had other kids who was cooking who was cleaning who was you know it was like just do this and it's like but sometimes you can't just do this it's just too much um and so I was like there's nobody out there kind of championing women who are new 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 mums so that's why I started so I actually started as a as a just a mum and I went out and I qualified as I did my level two, I did my level three. Um, and I was also, the workouts I was doing were all HIIT. So high intensity interval training, smashing yeah. the body, but 20 minutes and you're done. And look, the weight came off. And um, again, it was all about the weight, right? Not really thinking about my future mm. health. And then it, then it started just to not really work. And I had aches and pains. I was moody. I was the sweats you talk about, proper t-shirt changing sweats. My husband must have thought, oh my gosh, that is <laughs> revolting. Yeah. Like puddles of sweat. Mm -hmm. um, and just I just felt really alone, um, invisible, insignificant, yet in a crazy world. And um, 
couldn't quite work it out. Anyway, called the GP, blah, 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 blah. Um, you're depressed. So kind of that sort of similar story that resonates mm-hmm. with women. And I just knew that it wasn't that. And I knew that I didn't want to live the rest of my life like this. And this isn't, this wasn't as good as it was going to get for me. Like I'm quite a determined person. Um, and um, so I sort of did a bit of research and I basically worked out myself that I was in perimenopause. So then I started reaching out to various specialists and doctors and just educated myself. Um, and then I worked out what I was doing fitness wise and diet wise was all completely wrong. Wow. Um, and I wasn't looking at how my future body was going to move my bone, my heart, my joint, my brain, any of that. Um, and so that's basically why I found myself in this space but I think you know there's two messages there that a it's not too late to change um your career or to do something different and also for women that I think feel that they've perhaps got a really dysfunctional relationship with exercise and with food and and with um you know reframing that that it shouldn't be for aesthetics it's not too late to kind of grasp a hold of that and start looking at what we need to be doing to future-proof our bodies um, and if, I kind of feel like if I can do it, having suffered from disordered eating for like a whack of my years, you know, good 20 years, um, then anybody can hopefully do it. Oh, wow. That's amazing. What a, what a journey, right? And thank you for sharing that with us. And I know the people that listen to this will really resonate with, with what you've just said. And the, you know, the disordered eating, I, I um. And I, I don't even think that needs, when people listen, they, they'll think, oh, well, I haven't had anorexia or bulimia, but a lot of people, it doesn't need to just be anorexia or bulimia. It can be starving yourself. It can be punishing yourself for having a, in inverted commas, oh, I had a bad weekend. So, it's also that thing that when I say this and everyone goes, aha, it is that thing that I think a lot of us do or did or might do still. Uh, you know, we wake up, we don't have breakfast. We think we're doing that's great don't have breakfast and then like you know 11 o'clock oh a bit hungry I'll wait to lunch then I'll have lunch and then literally you eat and then you open up this kind of can of worms literally your body says feed me feed me feed me because it's so hungry um and you might and then you might wait and then five o'clock you're even more hungry and then often you might then have a glass of wine and then you open a bag of crisps and then you do that and that can become a slightly cyclical and it's not saying it's disordered because you know I don't want anyone to ever think that food is bad but you're it it, it is a it, it isn't a, 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 a it's not a great way to nourish your body it is a slightly disordered way because really we should be eating three lovely nourishing um wholesome meals a day and not sort of then feeling the need to pick up crystal the need to drink wine because i mean and again that's probably for a whole nother day uh, you know there's probably a, a lot of associations with why we're having the wine and that's not necessarily um as straightforward as just us having a conversation you know for me and i did give up alcohol i have come back to it slightly um but it was you know a trauma response i i yeah. drank to numb pain um i you know and it, and it was a really good excuse to sort of switch off the noise and, and the voices and i think again that's a lot of things that women resonate with so um you know it, it is disordered eating is just I guess really analyzing everything that we're eating and kind of going, okay, I'm going to not eat carbs Monday to Friday. And then, you know, Friday night comes and you dive into the crisps like that. Yeah. We want to be 
I want every woman to find a, a way to eat sensibly for 365 days of the year. And if that means having a bit of chocolate every day, that means having a bit of chocolate every day, that's fine. You know, it, it's it's not going to make a big difference if you if you moderate and if you do it yeah. in a balanced way. Oh, I love that. I, I think it's the relationship. Oh my goodness. As someone who does a lot of, um, I do a lot of work on myself, uh, emotionally, spiritually, um, mentally and physically. And I, I definitely know for myself, uh, I've never had an eating disorder, like the classic bulimia, anorexia or anything. I've never really done the whole diet thing. But what you're saying, it's really interesting because I've used it and un unknowingly to, to like, oh, I feel stressed, I need chocolate. Or when, when I worked in corporate, um, I would be like, oh my God, I'm stressed, I need a red wine, I need to like pour a wine. And I, I see that now as a coping mechanism to numb out. And I think if everyone is really, and this isn't about um, beating yourself up, but it's so important to understand the relationship that you have with food and alcohol. And if you use it as a way to cope or to numb out, then maybe just be with that and get curious, you know, don't beat yourself up, but get curious as to what's really sitting underneath that. Um, because we can't numb out those feelings don't leave our physical form they get suppressed and they start to manifest in physical illness even things like sleep issues and um, so many things because if it's not showing up in our day-to-day -day consciousness it will start to show up in our subconscious where it impacts our sleep it impacts our mood and all of these things over time it doesn't go anywhere so when we're thinking that we're numbing out we're not we're actually just pushing it down not, you know you're, and you'll be exacerbated like particularly alcohol you know you exacerbate any of the the symptoms that you've got so you've touched on sleep we've touched on sweats you know alcohol might work for that, that first glass of wine you might just go ah oh. but then you won't sleep well and your anxiety you know can be off the scale so it so it it, it it's just sort of yeah it's little things like that that again you know i hope people um can learn to to do and actually you know kind of going back back to where we started like within 30 days it is possible to to change habits and to feel different yeah. um and that is the whole point and it's also how you feel not what you see like how are you feeling and you've just touched on that like you know to to accept um those sort of feelings not to feel guilty about anything we're doing but to just sit with that and go okay so that's how I feel because I think we so often um you know we we, we mentioned quick fixes we so often want that quick fix to be immediate we want it to be visible and it and it's so very often not visible with our with our health um which actually you know by default goes into why we need to be moving our body because we can't see our bones and we can't see our muscles really um you know we can't see our joints we can't see our heart we can't see what any of that is doing but by making those sensible healthy food choices by moving your body by cutting back on wine and cutting back on sugar foods you're going to be feeling good on the inside and that's that's what we want to be aiming for is what's going on in and that will shine on the outside it just might take a little bit longer definitely and i wanted to because when i was sort of um reading up i i i, I saw and what was really interesting that you'd said was that you thought hrt was going to be the, the thing that was going to be the fix only it wasn't and i'm really interested to dive into that 
you know, because people, especially um, friends of mine are now saying, you know, I, I don't know if I need to get HRT and thinking it is going to be that magic pill. Talk to us about your experience with that and what your what your kind of views are on things like HRT. Yeah, so obviously just to caveat that I'm not medical, so anything I say, don't go and do. Um, <laughs> had guidance from, um, you know, a, a doctor um, or someone in the medical profession. Um, so for me, like if I'm totally honest, I take HRT. Um, it, it is great. Although at the moment I've got really, just being honest, really sore boobs actually. So I was texting uh, one of my friends as a GP going, is it normal? You know, I've been on it for 18 months, suddenly got all day three years in fact sorry I've suddenly got sore boobs you know you worry about things anyway apparently it's fine um but um for me uh I stared at the box when it arrived for three months kind of going is it menopause is it is it you know again that self-doubt not really believing perhaps having menopause um and then I took it and I mean nothing really I mean maybe if I really dig deep I would say that my night sweats night sweats were less frequent but in terms of my joint aches and pains and everything else nothing really shifted um and then that was it that was after three months I then quit alcohol started lifting weights and really started to make those holistic lifestyle changes also I have ADHD so for me to sit still and have a moment of calm was unheard of but I really tried to bring that in as well and started to do a bit more mindfulness um and actually I suppose the way I did my mindfulness because I I know that that can be perceived in many different ways and everyone has their own uh sort of vision for me my my moment of calm actually was lifting the weights and also cold water um immersion and that's where I really learned the power of breath work um because as you can probably hear picking up on it you know I go half the dozen um so for me having that cold water um immersion taught me how to breathe properly in moments of stress so if I am now anxious I'll stop you know and I can do my breath work and I can calm my parasympathetic system and be present and go with it so that was another massive thing I learned so I guess what it was was it was the HRT and this is what I sort of say is if you cannot carry out your day-to-day activities and you are completely hindered and you have got crippling joint aches and pains and you really can't move look go and see your gp because hrt might just be something that helps you get back up and going but for me you know i would say that the symptoms i was experiencing were more to do with the lifestyle choices that i was making Uh, and together perhaps with the hrt that did work i'm still sometimes I'm like maybe I'll come off HRT and see if that has got has got an impact but actually I do have a diagnosis of osteopenia in both my hips and in my middle spine um so I was lucky enough to get a DEXA scan so um you know uh, the the research behind that is that um, HRT can have protective benefits and preventative benefits for the risk of osteoporosis Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of like look you know the the benefits outweigh the risks I will carry on taking my HRT but that is a choice that I'm making and that is an informed decision that I have made um based on my own medical history with the support of um GPs around me and I think that is something that we really really need to do and I think the Instagram I think that social media is a wonderful place to get information but please you know don't 
do what other people are doing just for the sake of it like really dive yeah, deep and do it. your research for yourself right and and actually sorry I could talk forever no um, I love this I love this things, like always say is be a real advocate for your own health because again I think the conversations change so much that more often than not you know we can go oh, it's hormones or oh it's this or oh it's that and you know one out of four times five times six times there might just be that odd occasion where it's not menopause or it's not your hormones and because you don't sort of address it you might miss something more sinister um and so my my thing is to, is to really start to get to know your body don't be afraid so that when something doesn't feel right you can go to your gp and we as you already pointed out it can be really difficult and say this is not normal for me it is not this and this is what i would like you to do about it because actually sometimes the doctor isn't necessarily looking you know to we're not there to diagnose you but if you can really help them get to where it is that you want to get to it makes their job a lot easier so be a yeah. real advocate for your own your own health yeah and i guess intuitively get to know your body i i really see so many so many people unfortunately are very disconnected they live a lot in the heads and in the mind and they're disconnected from their emotional body their physical body um and I love that you said getting to know what's different for you. I mean, I've heard, you know, and some people I know who started to really impact their mood, like actually feeling really, really low, like depressed low. And um, went to the doctors and, you know, because they were young, like 41, okay, which doctors still think, well, you know, you're still quite young, you shouldn't. Yeah be in menopause gave them antidepressants right and actually then the, the sore joints started to come um other things other symptoms and it wasn't until I kind of said to my friend look do you think this could be perimenopause but I'm sure like the bloods got taken the bloods were like normal yeah. again and then I spoke to another friend who'd for, for this friend of mine who'd said my bloods came back normal but I was perimenopause I had all these symptoms the bloods don't always show you because it depends on when they do it in the month and I think there's so much that women just are confused around that it's like why am I feeling so low like like this I mean it doesn't impact everyone the low mood that way but it can really also, like and I definitely found like, I've had those moments of low low mood and actually you know I had times I, I mean I pat my bags I I say this and I don't mean this isn't like a trigger warning for anyone I didn't ever want to kill myself but I did want to drive into a tree on the odd occasion or just fall down I've heard this uh, you're not the first but honestly and this is why I'm so happy that we're talking about this because I really want to normalize this I'm not saying that that's normal to no, do like drive I want to look after me and I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to say I want the world to stop and I want someone to take care of me and and that is the only way right is if we're totally taken out of the equation and and actually for someone else to experience the carnage sometimes that's going on in our lives because I think also as women we we undervalue ourselves and I also don't think that we are often appreciated for what we're doing behind the scenes you know by a lot and, and like this is no disrespect to my husband because he's brilliant but you know if I was just to disappear I mean I'm not entirely sure anyone would know 
what was what was what or um you know I do do a lot around the house like I do you know the heating and um you know Rupert obviously with his lung condition he has antibiotics and at certain times of uh, the day on different days and I'm the only one that does that or you know so like there's there's things and I just I feel sometimes that for so many women when we navigate this time you're like that and it's just all it's just everything is coming in and you're you just want it to stop and you're just like stop um and it can't and you think how can I and for me that was just thinking about driving into a tree but then the next week I'd be fine so then I'd be like okay this is a bit weird but then I would get comments from family like, oh you're better better mood this week aren't you like oh that's really annoying because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then again three weeks later I would feel that mood again so it, it was oh. definitely tied into the hormones so it's yeah and I think why well, I, I don't think I know the people that are going to be listening to this are going to be like, oh my goodness, thank God she just said that. Because that can there can be so much shame a, a, attached to the mood being so low that, you know, you want to drive yourself into a tree or crash a car or it seems so big. It's like, but I know from speaking to people that I know in my in my space that, that, that they have felt that way, Kate. And, and that is so, so shit. That is so shit, right? And if we're putting out there, like there are also times where I have sometimes thought, you know what, I'm not. A, you're not a good parent, or, yeah. or actually, sometimes you don't even like your children. Like, and yeah. that's okay. I mean, it is okay. They don't like us all the time. Yeah. You know, just because they don't love them, but like teenagers can really, really push and test the boundaries. Um, you know, especially uh, I think of mums sometimes more because we might be a little bit more soppy. Um, but you know, there can be times it's like actually I don't I don't want to be with you right now. But mm -hmm. equally, and that you that guilt that guilt. comes with that. But they they can say it to us. I mean, I've had doors slammed on me. You know, yeah, I want to. You know, we just don't do it that way. We 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 hold on to that feeling and we're thinking it right. And that's the problem is we're thinking. Oh my god, is it is it normal to not want to necessarily be with my children right now? Is it norm? Is it normal? You know, are these normal? And they are totally normal feelings. And we need to. And that's it. We need to normalize it. We um, need to normalize it because the thing is, right? It doesn't mean you don't love your children. But let's be honest. Your kids sometimes, right, when they're on one, can be so mean. And actually, you think to yourself, I've said this in the pod before, like you would not put up with that of anyone else. You would never let someone treat you like that. Like they're like, and they're and you just think, God, I'm still I'm still a person. And I think there's this thing, this rule book when you're a mum, you're not supposed to take or oh, don't take offense, or well, yeah. hello, you're human and it fucking hurts. Yeah. Like, it it me laugh sometimes there's some of the language that, that that they might use as if I'm their best friend and I yeah. love that because I am their best friend like and I think that is important I think we I have a really great relationship with my children which is possibly why it's like that they tell they do tell me everything it is really good but sometimes it's like okay just I you know step back a bit and just remember and I'm not saying there's a hierarchy because again no, but I'm your mom you up, I'm your I'm mom but I'm your mom yeah Nicole um, you mate and stuff my my son's like S1 and he's like oh mate mate this yeah. mate that I'm like I'm not your mate I'm your mom by the way mom but like you know I do I do I think that's really hard and I and I think that you know all parents have a different relationship with their kids and um, you know, if you are the one that perhaps is doing more of the parenting because you've got a husband that is away from work, but yet you're still working, 
um you know i feel like i'm the nag i'm the bore i'm the one that's always doing you know so you, you put all of that like you're the one that's nagging you're the one that's shouting yeah. you're the one that's doing all that you're the one that's asking them to put their clothes away you're asking them to help maybe empty a dishwasher you know actually it becomes so tiresome that sometimes you do just want to run away from that and i and i you know i don't blame any woman for, for, for thinking that and i think it's i think space I think is so healthy i think yeah. mums you know i i never used to take really time away on my own and then like about three years ago i started doing it and then when my mum passed away i went to bali for three weeks on my own um and the, you should see the i mean so, so many people were supportive but i got some real trolling and hate for that because it was like oh what kind of mum does that I'm like what I I really feel like um it was one of the best experiences for me though because uh yeah it really helped me with a lot of healing yeah Um, but I think it's so healthy for mums just to take themselves away for a night or two and just have that space and and that breather and you know, it's so funny, you, you mentioned, obviously, you've got a supportive husband there. And I wanted to ask you about how he, like, have you supported him and educating him around, like, the menopause? Because this is a thing as well, right? I'll, and everyone, like, my partner, Daryl, is so supportive, right? So supportive. But I'm going to shoot it. He'll be like, I can't believe you told people this. When I was talking about the, the, the sort of perimenopause over the last sort of couple of months, I've been talking about it and really sort of doing more research on it. And he said to me, is this a new thing? I went, what? He went, is this one of these new things, perimenopause? And I went, no. He went, I mean, I, I know the menopause is something, but like, is this perimenopause? Is this this kind of new thing? And I was like, are you serious? But he was being serious because I think he just thought it was like a trend or something that people were jumping on. He wouldn't be, you know, he can be forgiven for that because actually I do think that, um, you know, it is that thing where it's a, it is a buzzword. A lot of people are picking up on it. I have been banging my drum now for almost six years, seven years. So I do feel like I have have been been around for a while, um, and it's good though that it's that it's making headway. Um, but he is the person, funny enough, that most women, yeah, that's terrible, um, that most women would like to sit next to at a dinner party because he is very happy to talk about pre menopause, menopause, and he knows an awful lot. Like he he does. I love that. And actually, with Daryl, my partner, I'd said to him like, I'm gonna let's like get educated on this because you're going to need to know um because it does impact the family too right yeah I was really worried actually though at first when I first got my diagnosis I thought right that's I'm going to tell him that I'm in perimenopause and if you google menopause and perimenopause the images that 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 were thrown up then they're a lot better now um were like that's it you're done you're over the hill um and I was like he's gonna go off and find like a younger version um and I'm and I'm washed up and I'm dried up and you know I that with the feelings that I was already having that had a that had a massive impact on my mental health I'm not surprised actually that the GP did diagnose me with depression because actually also we were in lockdown I was homeschooling and my dad had just had a diagnosis of um, pancreatic cancer so it was kind of like all of these things again as we're saying are, are pulled on top so I was like how do I tell him you know that this is perimenopause anyway I did and look you know it, he was he was he was he was actually fine with it because I think it gave him an explanation as to why 
I wasn't sort of, you know, jumping his bones every night. Not that really I ever did after we'd had <laughs> um but you know um and also kind of like why I, why I was so angry and actually that was the other thing is I remember driving the kids to school sometimes feeling so guilty about how much I'd shouted at them so actually to be able to say to them look it's not you it's me you know, uh, as in it's my hormones and explain what was going on uh, you know my son now who's 17 he knows loads about about menopause my daughter who's 14 you know and she was going through her own, you know, beginnings as I was going through my own beginnings. And that's another thing often collides. So I was like, when you get miserable, you know, your time of the month, that's kind of what is happening here, but at the other end. So it's very, very similar, but also to empower her and for her not to be afraid, but equally, you know, for her to not be ashamed of having periods either, because I think that's the other thing. If we can get kids to, and I think they're so much better about it now you know i remember going like oh, the party i said tell me a flop tampax or and you tied it and you put up your jumper you know now they're literally like has anyone got tampax you know, it's thrown across the room and it doesn't matter who's there and i think that's what we that's that hopefully is what we need to do from the beginning you know of time periods through pregnancy talk about pelvic floors talk about you know vaginal prolapses say vulva like talk about all these things and then again into menopause as well so that it just all becomes so much less of an issue i mean i may never forget when i did my first live i think it was actually claire Bourne who i did a live with last night and i said the word vagina on instagram and i literally was like yeah yeah you know <laughs> And she's yeah. like, what? Oh, and I couldn't say it because I, it, for me, it was just so such an alien thing just to sort of yeah. say. And now I'm really happy. I mean, I did a, a an advert recently for um, Replen's vaginal dryness, you know, and I showed my husband the reel, and he was like, how many more times could you have said vulva or vagina or um, you know yeah. um, tissues? Da, da, da. And it was like because we have to have these conversations, and so yes. In answer to your question, my husband is totally on board and supportive, and and probably knows um, more about menopause than many women. Oh my goodness, I love this because I think it's so important that the guys get on board, the kids get on board. Again, like we, I don't know about you, but I came from a generation where it wasn't really talked about stuff like that. My mom kind of just. It was like menopause and then nothing, like nothing ever got spoken about. And my mum was really, my mum passed away a few, like um, last year, but Sorry. she was like always really open, yeah. but she was just like, oh, well, you know, I had the menopause and then that was it. But she went on HRT quite in her forties, but then she got breast cancer. And then there was that whole thing as the link to breast cancer. So did my mum. So my so my mum did. I mean, she she had it very mild, um, not mildly. She had, she got stage one and and ended up having it then taken out and radiotherapy. So she was really anxious when I went on HRT. But they were all on the cow's um, mare's urine. I can't remember what it was called. Um, an all tablet form and so that that's the other thing is that now you know HRT is all transdermal um, so it's absorbed you know via the skin it's a, it's a much better um, you know it's a topical uh, 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 you know you put it on and it's topically um, absorbed yeah. rather than broken down um, you know in the liver by tablets which actually also is one dose right so in terms of you know paracetamol you, we all take the same dose but actually we might not need the same dose and so now with HRT at least we can tailor it to the woman's needs so hopefully she's not having you know 
too much estrogen if she doesn't need as much as somebody else but yeah everything like it I remember my mom was like her two positive or something like that I don't know loads but but there was it was quite wasn't that common yeah um but my mom ended up passing away of cancer it, it would come back and so on but uh, that HRT thing is I guess on a subconscious level for me it's a little bit scary and because I've I've really educated myself on a lot of holistic healing but I also know when we need a bit of intervention but there's that fear and I, when my sister when I told my sister you were coming on she was like sending me messages ask this ask that and one of them but I, I replied to her, I said that's a good one because she's like how do we know, and again, this this might may or may not be something that you can answer, like how do we know if we can work on it ourselves or we need the intervention? Is that just intuitively like it's time to get some yeah, intervention? Totally now? intuitive. Like if you if you can't carry out like your day-to-day activities, you may, you know, there would be a, a, a reason to potentially reach out and get some HRT. But you know, if you don't want to take HRT, there are there are other way, there are other ways. There's supplementation. Um, you know, I talk about supplements in the book, but I don't go into detail of supplements for HRT because I I I didn't actually do you know what I didn't actually want to even mention HRT in my book. Um, but um, the publishers wanted me to because obviously for a lot of women it is it is a big piece of the puzzle. Um, you know what what I really want us all to do is just 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 totally strip it back and think about you know getting everything we can from our food. Um, look, yes. you can't replace estrogen. Um, you know through I mean you can get phytoestrogens in your food you're never going to be able to get the level of estrogen that you need to replace the lack of estrogen um, if that makes sense um, but if you are able to manage them through making lifestyle choices then you you know you won't need it and some women do breeze through um, menopause you know they don't they don't know but all, equally I also think that some women are kind of I don't know it's really difficult to say because I know that there are a lot of my friends no there's a lot of my friends going through menopause like seriously and they're like oh god oh and because I do what I do and I talk about menopause a lot I like well it's pre-menopause oh god you would say that and I'm just sitting in the background going okay all right you know they I think some like we're saying I guess going kind of back to the beginning it's such a taboo subject and I think some people are just really scared um to be labeled with perimenopausal mm-hmm. whereas i'm like yeah it on like i have never I love that right yeah. you said bring it on right it's two things there actually one is labels and i again i'm not a fan of like label 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 however i think when we understand why we are the way we are we can bring in a level of acceptance yeah. and when we bring in a level of acceptance it's like you know, if I'm if I were to fully accept what was happening to me right now, then what? Then we take the power back. Yeah, totally. We think by just pushing it down that we're in the we're in yeah. the driving seat. No, we're not. No, we're not. Acceptance is that key to real freedom. It's the key to say, well, actually, now I'm in the driving seat because I accept that things are changing. Okay, so if I fully accept that, then what can I do? Well, I can actually start to do this and do that. And rather than being told what to do, we, we bring our power back. We're like, well, what would make sense? And, you know, you talk about like, you've got your book there. And I feel like there's something around like, how does 
someone right now listening to this thinking right okay I feel like things are changing for me I'm nervous around going to the doctors and I get that um because a lot of people don't want to take medication because medication can sometimes become something that's really really permanent but if we educate ourselves on what's actually going into our body more yeah and and have that so how would the book help someone so someone like me right now okay I'm 44 in February (laughs) and I definitely feel like there's little things happening I'm but I am quite a holistic person how would the book help someone like me so it might just look at um, you know, are you making sure that you are reaching your protein targets, which is going to help you build lean muscle, it's going to help you recover, it's going to help you sleep, and it's going to help you keep fuller for longer. So that's one tiny tweak that we can all make, you know, making sure that we're eating enough protein. Are we having enough rest days? You know, again, I think a lot of us, um, if we notice those differences, and again, a lot of it for women, sadly, is that weight gain. They're like, right, okay, if I just go to the gym every day, then that's going to work, and then I'll just eat a little bit less it won't so we need to make sure that we're eating enough and we're moving the right amount and that doesn't mean too much um and that we are you know including that mobility um and pilates or yoga um because what we want to be able to do is to elongate that lovely lean muscle that we're building um so that we are more mobile for, for longer and we have that strength for longevity and so like those three tiny tweaks can make like a a huge huge difference especially if you're not doing any of them um you know already and and so you know that we talk about that in the in the book um things like like I said to you I never took a step back and knew how to breathe I mean that sounds like the most ridiculous thing considering I've made it to the age of almost 49 breathing but I didn't know how to breathe properly and actually um the really wonderful thing about the book is it's got it's got a QR code that you scan. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. Right, that's amazing. So talk to yeah. us about the QR codes for so the things in the book. It's got, the book has got a unique QR code. So you scan the code. It takes you to an, an outside platform. You have to sign in, obviously, so that not everyone shares the the code. So you then get a login, but it's free. But um, and then there's beginner and intermediate. But on each of the Sundays, I've got lovely Anna Goff who actually does the breath work on my uh, app. She has three sessions. So although it's a 30 day plan, it's not like let's get up and work out hardcore. I think the third week, the first week in the beginners section is all body weight. And I don't think that any of the workouts are longer than 20 minutes. So that's like, let's get moving. Let's da, 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 da. I think even day two after day one is like a stretch and mobility session. Um, you know, day four is just abs and core. So it's like go for a walk and then tie on this lovely abs and core workout. Um, and then day 14, 21 and 28 is a half an hour, 45 minutes of breath work. Um, so it's it's sort of incorporating everything that we need. But, you know, one of the things as well that I talk about in the book is cortisol. You know, if our cortisol levels are, are really high. So estrogen is um, essentially is an anti-inflammatory hormone. So obviously when that begins to decline, there becomes more inflammation in the body, which is why we get the joint aches and pains. Um, why um, often actually we can be more stressed because again, estrogen can help with um, balance the cortisol levels. There is so much going on in your body that by taking that step back, breathing, calming, you can hopefully, you know, decrease those cortisol levels, bring them nicely back into balance, um, you know, taper back on some of the inflammation, um, which can then hopefully help, you know, with the joint aches and pains, Um, you know, high cortisol can 
can cause that visceral fat around the middle. Um, mm -hmm. So like it's just that there is so much more to managing our menopause than I think simply saying here's a pill or here's a patch. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, that isn't just menopause, right? That is any anything. And it's so funny, actually, because one of the questions I've often asked is, what qualifies you to be a menopause fitness trainer? Because that's kind of what I am. I, you know, that's my terminology. And other than the fact that I have done quite a few courses in how to train, you know, at menopause or women because you can and done my own research, the reality is we don't need to do much. Um, the workouts and what we do, they're not that much different from what we should be doing all of our lives because our bone mass peaks at the age of 30. So we should be lifting weights from the age of 20 so that when we get to 30 and our bone starts breaking down at a bigger rate than it's building up, we've got some really strong foundations there already. Um, but what, what is different is the whole acceptance of uh, around it. So it, this is menopause, let's accept it. But also we do need to up a little bit of protein. We do perhaps need more rest. You just have to go about everything in a different way, really. Like, and I run. My You're not nineteen anymore. No. You're not twenty-one anymore, right? You can't fastest marathons. All of that in my forties. Wow. But I haven't. The way I've trained for that isn't the way I would have trained when I was twenty. And this is it because I think we're not educated enough around it because it's never taught. Yeah. Like you don't learn it, and again, it's it's so taboo. You don't learn about it at school you don't you know you know you don't really learn about it at all really until you start to feel the symptoms and then you're like oh my they god are, what's diane danzabrink amazing lovely diane danzabrink um who's a great great menopause um campaigner she has managed to get that on um is now in the curriculum um <laughs> but i think that's secondary school um so you know it, it it is there but it's 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 funny isn't it because there's so much now around um periods and training around your cycle so what you should do in your follicular phase what you do you know when you're ovulating what you do um in, in, in like at different um stages there are apps now that tell you what to do and actually i did in the book because some women will still be having cycles because you can still be in perimenopause and have your periods yes okay i want to ask you my sister was asking me about this one as well she's like how you know because a lot of the time you're like well you know you, ha you you we don't actually tell you that you know you're you're in the menopause until you don't have a period for a year and so I have had friends that haven't had periods for like 10 months and then they had a random yeah. lead and they're like I have to start again now and it's so disheartening because yeah. again they're told well I need to start again and it's like we we're given that power away of intuitively knowing right yeah. hold on I'm mid forties or late forties. I have this weight gain around my belly. I have aches and pains. I'm struggling with sleep. I'm struggling with anxious feelings and emotions. But because the doctor says I don't have it, I don't have it. And it's like, take, we need to take our power back and trust our body is showing us all the time when there's changes and things like that, right? So interestingly enough, perimenopause that can last for 10 years, menopause is only one day. So as you said, menopause is the day after you haven't had a period for a year and then you're postmenopause. So it's peri, 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 menopause, just that one day and then you're postmenopause. So that is kind of the way it works and you can still have periods. Now I have the coil, so therefore I don't have periods, but weirdly, like I'm thinking my sore boobs at the moment, 
Um, I really struggled to get up this morning and teach and work out. So I am probably going to have a period, but I'm not going to have a period because I've got the coil. So where I am in my cycle is that phase. So therefore, week before, I'm, like the few I'm, days before your due, yeah, your bleeds, yeah, because yeah. I've got the coil. But my hormones that doesn't stop your hormones from doing what they're doing. So, uh, you know, you'll still experience though. That's why perimenopause is the phase that is so talked about because it's in perimenopause where you just have this roller coaster of hormones surging up, down, round, any which way, because essentially by the time you get to menopause, they should be a lot more stable. So, uh, so, so that, you, you, you know, they, they have decreased to, to a certain amount that many women often find that they then no longer have the need for HRT. Interesting. Interesting. You mentioned the coil there as well, Kate. And I I don't take any contraception now. Um, and it was a personal choice for me because I was on the coil after I had my second little boy. Um, and then I was on it for like four years, maybe five years, but I started getting really bad skin symptoms, like eczema, like literally, I had to end up going to the hospital and getting like so many creams and 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 test done because it was like my body was just reacting um so I got it out and within a week the eczema was gone so there's a fear for me always around taking certain things that messes around with my hormones and so I think that's again it goes back to I guess what you're saying making that informed choice isn't it I remember so I started on Eutrogestan which is the pill form of progesterone and the patches or the gel or whatever but you can just stop. You can stop. The, the, admittedly, I can't stop the coil because that's there. Can't get that out. Um, but if anything doesn't work, you can stop. So I think that that is uh, is important to 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 know as well. Like if people want to try it but they're scared, you just it, it's obviously with guidance you can just stop. Yeah. I guess so, because I think sometimes with that bleed, you often have that release, don't you, when you yeah. have that bleed. Um, and again, it's finding what works for you. Absolutely. Um, completely finding what works for you, because you're not the first person that's told me that about, you know, they've, they've gone on the coil and they have HRT2 and it really works. Yeah works for them and so just finding what works for you interestingly what symptoms the eczema thing the skin thing for me is always a thing and it's the week sort of leading up to my bleed and the first few days of my bleed I have flare-ups yeah. of eczema and I'm like oh it's really interesting that that started to come back only kind of recently yeah that would make sense yeah that's mm -hmm. perimenopause yeah <laughs> And I'm loving that we're talking about this because, again, I think so many people will listen to this and not know if they are or they aren't. And I mean, honestly, some of the symptoms, dry eyes, eyes, you know, itchy nose, um, that, that feeling of ants kind of on your skin, that crawly feeling. Yeah. Um, heart palpitations, breathlessness. Like, there are so many symptoms. It's not just, like, hot flushes that everyone kind of just says. That's Breathlessness you know, is an interesting one because I am... Sometimes that you can have that odd where, and I'm I'm quite fit. I I I do sort of work out and train. I, I do weights as well. I have done for a number of years. I, I love it. But sometimes I'll go to take a breath and it's like, and I feel like it's like, oh, I feel like really like I can't fully. Yeah. It's not like I feel anxious or anything. It's just like, whoa, that's new. That's that's interesting. It's new. Um, 
And there's there's so many um, symptoms, right? Again, I think people are just looking for the main ones, but yeah. there are so many. Yeah, there's about 70, I think, now. Wow. So that's, again, why we need to be careful that we don't then just also assume that it is always medical. Yeah. yeah, not assuming and actually knowing, again, intuitively tuning into, right, um, is this or could this be... Um, but, but going back to your sort of book around your 30 days and you touched on like sort of protein and things like that and how we should be hitting our protein intake I know it maybe seems quite basic right but I, I also know that so many people don't know enough about a healthy diet because yeah. they've been a certain way for us for for so many years like how much protein should they be having and and you know what kind of food should they be eating at different sort of cycles yeah. I mean, again, you know, like like eat, eating around your cycle, I like you will crave certain foods, but also I think what we want to make it for, make for women is that it's really easy. So to 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 just eat intuitively, move intuitively, like try to just trust yourselves a bit more. Protein wise, it's one gram protein per kilogram of body weight. So you know, let's say you're sixty kilograms, you want sixty grams of protein, and you would break that down into three meals, so twenty grams in each meal you don't want to be eating it all in one go because it's quite hard to digest and break down um but you know fiber we have to eat fiber um you know as we're navigating this time as well we should all be eating fiber our kids need to eat fiber because it's really good for your gut bacteria so that's what your gut bacteria thrive off and obviously now there's massive um, research behind you know the gut and the brain axis and and how that all correlates with each other so you know my, my again top tips protein fiber good carbs leafy leafy greens lots and lots of vegetables um and if you're kind of having all of those and i do um a thing in the book i do like how your hand you know that's fat um a handful of, of that's protein um you know just to make it easy because otherwise i think we can get caught up weighing everything oh. but once you do it for a week or you know six weeks um you you know what you want and it becomes it becomes natural it becomes easy so you know it, it, you're not having to overthink it and I think that's the other thing don't overcomplicate it or overthink it no I love that don't overcomplicate it don't overthink it make it part of your life you know you're gonna you're gonna go through this change and actually being prepared and educating yourself and not it not feeling scary or a chore and actually just it's going to feel good in so many ways because you're going to be eating more whole foods like you mentioned you're going to be moving your body more um, you're going to understand what's actually happening. You're going to be so much more. And I guess when you eat better, you're so much more tuned in. You eat better, you move better, you move better, you eat better. It kind of goes absolutely, down. absolutely. So the 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 book is it like every day they do something for thirty days? Like how does it work? Every day something thirty days, and also there's a meal plan for thirty days as well. Ah. I love a meal plan. <laughs> it's got your, you know, how to get your 30 different plant foods a week. Um, I mean, let, let's have a look. We've got chickpea scramble here as a little breakfast. Um, we've got some curried cauliflower soup, uh, tofu or salmon pad thai. So it's got some really lovely, delicious um, menus in as well, or recipes even as well. Salmon pad thai. Oh no, my God, that sounds amazing. Well, honestly, I cannot wait to to sort of really dive into this because I feel like and also for me the word that's coming up right now is community yeah 
And I want to just sort of, as we're wrapping up, right, because for me, I think about that book, it's beautiful. It's aesthetically really grabbing for me. And I love that when I open it, it almost feels like you're part of community, you're part of something. How important is community when you're navigating changes like this? Yeah, I mean, it's huge. And actually, so so as well as the book, obviously, I've got the app as well, which I'll have to give you access to. But we have a community section on the app where um, people chat. So we uh, we talk and there are different groups and um, everybody is so supportive of each other. And obviously on, on the on the app, the one thing that is there is that we all work out together live at 6.30 in the morning um, for those that make it. Um, and then it is pre-recorded, but you know, like this morning or the last few days, we've still been working out. Yes, the numbers have decreased, but actually every morning there's all these smiley faces. It's like morning, 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 um, you know, and I might tell a tale of the terrible night's sleep or my cat might bring a mouse in or Rupert might come in, you know, like keeping it really real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that brings a, a massive sense of ease to people. But for somebody who's feeling really lonely and someone said good morning, you know, there's that kind of community just, they just sweep, it just sweeps everybody up. And I think um, that is kind of one of the, the reasons that I sort of did what I did and I show up on Instagram like I do is because of the community. Like I, I'm not showing up on Instagram to, to, to get um, a, a million followers, although obviously that would be really nice, but I want everything I do to be authentic and I want to bring in people that want to follow me that need the support and want to support each other. Um, because, yeah. you know, that, that, that is, that's worth sort of, you know, showing up for, as I say, and, and you know that, you know, that within your community and what you do. And, um, you know, when we connected, obviously over uh, uh, Jess with the belief coding, like it, it, it is so extraordinarily powerful when people let their guard down and you just as as women or not even just as women but as whatever just all pull together and uh, champion each other and just let go of all of that so I love that that vulnerability is a superpower because it just creates such a ripple effect and, and allows other people to be vulnerable to and to share and when we actually share and when we're leaning into our vulnerability and we speak from that space it is so empowering and actually you really start to feel that heaviness start to lift when you're like oh my goodness I'm I'm really normal and actually there's nothing abnormal about me and by me sharing parts of me with others it inspires and it helps other people too as well as it helping yourself and women are so much more powerful when we work together and we come into community that way and that's the way when you know generations and generations and generations going by that's how women were you know and actually we're going back to those roots and back to our heritage and back working with you know ancestors and, and all of those gifts that we inherently have and actually normalizing menopause perimenopause and by you sharing your wisdom and normalizing these things not only normalizing it Kate giving us a a platform and a space to actually and and tools to work with to say actually you know within 30 days by following these things and being part of a community I can start to feel that heaviness lift and what a gift Kate to give to people I hope so. so. I yeah, it's it's wrong. amazing, Kate. And 
congratulations on all of the magic things that you're doing yeah and and also on the book and for bringing it and and giving us your light um and and really teaching us from from a place of of knowledge and also of um experience um what a gift so thank you for being here thank you for having me and thank you for everything you did as well and i hope that we can see each other in real life again oh my goodness 100 i would love to do that let's make that happen in 2024 and i always believe that these things happen for a reason and you know we we both have the same space of um helping to empower others to you know have that you know connect to, to that empowerment within um Kate what is the best way obviously we're going to share your links with the book um and all of that like what is the best way that someone can connect with you if they want to get in touch yeah I mean probably annoyingly on Instagram um so Kate RH underscore fitness is the best one that's sort of the the bigger one there is owning your menopause as well which has got some followers as well um so yeah either Kate RH underscore fitness or owning your menopause well, Kate, you have worked with some amazing people and some amazing brands. So it's such a, an honour to have you here. And okay, anyone that does work with you, it is in safe hands. And um, yeah, so thank you. Anything you want to finish with and, and share anything before we wrap up? No, I think thank you. Well, I mean, just thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. And I think to anyone that has listened, um, just to not, I hope they don't feel as alone um, as they perhaps did uh, talk to people you've said it share your story because not only will you help yourself you'll help others um, but just know that you can thrive and it can get so much better um, and that we all started somewhere so you know again I think a lot of us will think well you know you're there but I wasn't there it's it's taken three years of work to get here so trust the process beautiful trust the process and we all start somewhere and if Kate can share her story of you know the times when she felt really really low um, and if she can get to where she is now and support another woman on their journey then there is hope and where there is hope then you know that's that's such an amazing place to be so thank you for being here Kate thank you thank you thank you, thank you.